0: Is everyone familiar with Dear Abby? It's one of the most popular newspaper columns known for its uncommon common sense. People would write in, ask their question, and then they'd be given advice on their topic. So I was doing a little research and found that the creator's daughter is now running the column and it's super popular today, which is really cool. Why am I talking about this? Because we are going to be doing some power coaching with mindset and confidence coach Robin Sachs today. And yes, you know her. She is a consistent returning guest here on Direction Not Perfection. We have teamed up to do some Dear Abby style power coaching together. We're going to do this once a month so that our clients and our listeners, they can write in their questions or we can take this one step further. You can either... Write in a question or show up live to a Zoom call once a month. And I wanted to give you a preview of what that would look like here today. And it's really just meant to get your wheels spinning to see what are the questions that come to your mind where you're like, I would love if I could write this in and get some advice or get some some thoughts around my topic So just know that this is an option for you. I'll be putting a clickable link in our show notes within each podcast episode so that you would know where to go to submit your question. And other than that, if you've ever been curious what a little Dear Abby power coaching might look like, you might want to stay tuned. Thank you so much for joining me. I am your host, Lindsay House, registered dietitian, private trainer, accountability coach, author. I have been working with clients for over 13 years, passionately changing the culture of health and fitness. I'm out here smashing scales, helping individuals rewrite the rules to what success looks like in their life. I wanna change generational thinking, no more all or nothing mentality, get rid of the diets and believe in the individualized journey. We are stronger than we will ever accept and beautifully made just the way we are. Keep your eyes on your own paper and trust your own path. Thank you for trusting me and letting me be a constant encouragement through your week. Let's get this motivation started. Welcome to your podcast, Direction Not Perfection. All right, I'm so excited to welcome back Robin Sachs. We're doing some power coaching today and we're going to be doing this every month. So as you listen to this today and you go, "Man, I want to hear what she'd have to say about my question." You can write to either of us or you can jump on live with us. We're going to call it anonymous power coaching. Right now we have other individuals with us who are willing to show their beautiful faces, but you do not have to, okay? So welcome, Robin.
1: Hi, Lindsay. How are you? I'm good. How how's your Friday? Uh, So far, so good. And Jan, Rosemary, so good to see you. Thanks for joining us. No. Yay. Okay. So we're going to kind of, this power
0: coaching means hit it hard, get in, get out, give us some of your good tips. And we're going to keep you on a schedule today. Okay, Robin. (laughs) I I need that. So thank you for,
1: (laughs) for reining me in.
0: All right. So I'm going to read you off questions that people have written to us and just see where your brain goes with it. So this is from Michelle and she would like any tips that you have on prioritizing goals. She said, I do a decent job of setting my intentions for the day or even the week, but then all of life coming at me, I get a little bit confused around how to like make sure what I'm prioritizing is falling in the right order.
1: Nice question because that's something I think we all struggle with at different times because again, you can, you can plan, you can put your calendar together. You can, you can say, this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to focus. And I like how, was it Michelle put it? Life comes at you and you can't always control what's coming at you, but luckily we can respond to what's coming at us. And so when it comes to things like a set plan or set goals or set times that we've we've said I'm going to commit to this during this time. When things start knocking us off of that plan, a couple of things that you can think about doing. One question I really like to ask anytime something comes at me and I go, whoa, shoot, I should do that now, or I need to do that now. But look on my calendar, it says I was gonna do this. I ask myself a quick question. I sit back, take a breath because that's the best thing to do before you do anything, sit back, take a breath, and go, does this need to be done right now? If for some reason the answer is yes, it is truly an emergency. It is truly something that, oh my goodness, this would make so much more sense because the person standing right there to stop for two minutes and do this and then get back to something. I might make the choice, and there's that's an important word, I may make the choice to say, yes, let me stop, and do this now, because I know that that will get checked off my list, and I can return to something else I had planned. If the answer is no, it doesn't need to be done right now, we sometimes like to still react to things. Oh, it'll just take five minutes. Let me just do it. But of course, when it takes 25 minutes, now I don't have time to go back and do the thing I was going to do. If it doesn't need to be done right now, What I like to do is I'll either pull out my calendar. If you have a paper calendar, I'll go into my Google calendar right away and go, okay, where am I going to put this? And everything that comes at me, I'm going to place somewhere specifically on my calendar. And that's key because what we often do is maybe we have a to-do list and we just keep adding things to it. And that list just grows and grows and grows and grows and grows, but there's no priority to it, right? Oh, I gotta do this, I gotta return that call I gotta do go to that store, I've gotta answer the email. I've gotta write that thing up. I've gotta present next week. Let me make sure I put some slides together, right I gotta pick up the kid at school. It could be a billion things that just stay on that list, but we rarely give those things homes. And one of the greatest pieces of advice from a time management, stress management, productivity standpoint I ever got from someone was years ago where they said, why do you have a to-do list? And I said, what do you mean? It's stuff I have to do. And they're like, no, 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 no. The problem with a to-do list is it never ends. There's never satisfaction because you're constantly taking things off, but what are you also doing at the same time? You're constantly putting stuff on. So it's literally a never ending thing. So you'll never be satisfied. You'll never go, yes, I crossed it all off. That never happens. However, if every task or everything that comes at you, you give a home on your calendar, you get to choose and you can see where I'm gonna decide to do that. I need 10 minutes to do that. You know what? I can do that at 3.30 this afternoon and you put in. Go do this thing, right? Give everything a home on your calendar and that will very quickly help you to prioritize what's coming at you in life. The key is when you've committed to time for yourself or time for anything, honor that time like any other appointment with any other thing that you would do. Honor that time. If something comes at you, you have a choice with one question. Does this need to be done now? If yes, yes. Make a clear decision to do it, get in, get out, and get right back on your schedule. If the answer is no, go immediately into your calendar, your schedule, and put it not on a to-do list, put it on a calendar on a specific time, a specific day. And what you'll find is it allows you to go, oh, no, I've got a lot coming in today. And then very quickly go, but... I'm going to do this this afternoon. I'm going to do that later tonight. I can do that next Tuesday because it doesn't even need to be done anytime soon, right? This is something I'm putting off till next month. This is something I need to do right now. You're in control in that moment as opposed to feeling out of control in that moment. So again, the, 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 the thing that pulls it all together is how do you prioritize things? This sounds really simple. One, you stay committed to your plan, If your plan does need to flex, you make that choice based on, does it need to happen now or or not? And three, give everything a home on your calendar because that puts you in control of it. And it makes it so that it is a priority. It's never a priority if it's on a to-do list. So that one little shift will actually free up a lot of stress. It'll free up time. And most importantly, to let you get back to what you're doing quickly, if that's what you chose to do.
2: I see what you're saying in theory. um, And I think it would make you very productive to schedule some of these things. Yet, um, I find it extremely rewarding to cross things off of my to-do list. Love that. Um, And I don't worry that there's a, other things that aren't crossed off, but the most important things get crossed off. And the others are more reminders of, oh, I, you know, and they could be a month, a year later, but I still want to write to so-and-so or call and catch up with so-and-so or, but the important ones are I got to pay bills this weekend and I got to make the doctor's appointment and, you know, or, you know, things that you really want to accomplish. Um, I've got to, you know, research the trip and get book reservations, and those are more time sensitive, but yeah. the things that aren't as time sensitive, it, I think it's really nice to have this list to remind me when I get around
1: to it, I want to do something, you know. Yeah. And uh, rosemary, spot on. And again, remember, there's no one size fits all, right? So absolutely, if you're looking to prioritize things, you got to prioritize things, right? So that's that's part of it. To your point, and and I'll give you an example that's sitting right here. So I use a Google Calendar. I use my Google Calendar. Everything is on my Google Calendar, right? But I also have a weekly vertical paper calendar. I just high level throw things on. And part of what I do on Sunday is I look at my Google calendar because I love the idea of writing things and crossing them off sometimes because clicking doesn't always give you the same satisfaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I do is I high level put stuff here and you'll notice I put tasks that I want to do and cross off on specific days. So, what that helps me do is it starts to help me organize things a little differently, but I still get the satisfaction of crossing them off so to be able to find the balance that really feels good for you, right some people love clicking it off and seeing on a on a you know an electronic calendar it going to being completely crossed out right and looking at I have five tasks I've done today, and I only have one left to do. Some people love to feel the paper and go oh, right. If, if you've got multiple phone calls, for example, that are on my to-do list, I might look at, oh, Wednesday afternoon, this hour, I'm going to say return or make phone calls. And now I'm going to go to my paper list and as I do them, cross them okay. off. So there's lots of ways to sort of combine those different ways of doing it. Um, and to your point, Rosemary, absolutely find what works for you. And sometimes that might mean... Try a couple of different new things and see if what I do works. If it works, do not mess with it or play with it. I don't care how more much more productive someone says you could be. If it's working for you, work it, right? I'm sure scheduling a few of those things would get them done. And there you go. And, you know, yeah. hey, give a couple of those little things a try and see, well, yeah, something that was sitting on my to-do list for a couple weeks that for some people... The challenge with that, as opposed to putting it on a calendar, for example, or scheduling time to return all those emails or to do the phone books or to go run my errands or something like that. For some people, if the to do list gets a little too long, every time you look at it, the stress level goes up a little bit because in our heads, we're going, oh, yeah, I need to do that. Oh, that's right. I need to do that. Oh, that's right. And what happens is in our head. Those five things on my to-do list feel like 35 things because they're just in my head constantly. And every time I look at them, oh, that's right, I've got to do that. Stress level goes up a tiny bit. So again, knowing yourself and playing with some of this stuff, find the perfect thing that works for you. And it might be a combination of them. Right. Okay, and since we're talking about
0: time, I feel like we keep hearing time out of all of this. The next question's from Ginger. And she was just saying, I get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep a night, which would be like a recommendation, but I don't get up when the alarm goes off. I keep hitting snooze. This feels like a real time stealer. (laughs) (laughs) And I think her thoughts were like, do I worry about
1: this? Do I just let it go?
0: Like, where do you, where does your brain go with it?
1: So this, this is always so funny to me, especially when so many people are working so differently time-wise and, and living life differently time-wise and stuff. Anytime it comes to time, there are two things I always like to encourage people to, to really ask themselves an answer for themselves, because there is no right or wrong answer. Everybody's answer is their correct answer. One of the first things I'll ask people is, are you a morning person? Are you a night owl? Are you a mid-afternoon? You get your 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 all of a sudden boom, like at two thirty in the afternoon. Like I could do things in an hour that would take me like five hours if I did them at another time of day. We all have our times where we're just more with it. The expectation of that whole well in the morning, I should get up with my alarm and jump out of bed and be productive and do yoga and have a nice breakfast and all these. You know, there's this this false expectation that kind of we think we should we should be doing, right? There's that word again, right? This is, I should, when my alarm gets goes off in the morning, I should jump out of bed, what's wrong with me? And then we blame ourselves. Why can't I do this? Other people don't seem to have a problem, right? And we go inside and of course, the negative self-talk and the criticism starts. And so one question might be, Ginger, are you a morning person? If not, cut yourself some slack. It's okay. It's all right. If you're not productive those first two hours you're awake or you're not a leaper out of bed, you're more of a lounger, that's okay. Maybe that's the time you roll over and grab your phone and and you put on your meditation app. And while you're laying there in bed, not ready to get up, you, you get a little mindfulness in. So you don't have to check that off later in the day. Or maybe you decide that you're going to grab a book next to your bed and read for half an hour before you get up? Are there other ways to help you ease into the day? So morning people often don't have that question. As morning people get up, the alarm goes off. They don't even use an alarm and they jump up and just go do stuff. So one, if you're not a morning person, that's okay. Don't expect yourself to be and think you should do that. Along with that, you can say, hey, is there a different time of day when I do have that personal energy. Again, if it's at nine o'clock or 11 o'clock in the morning, fine. At nine or 11, you're going to be into your stuff and you're going to be doing stuff because that's your energy time, right? If it's midnight when everyone's asleep, some people do that and that's when they jump up and get their their little energy kick. So so much of that, again, as opposed to should I do this or what's wrong with me? Who? How do I operate? how do I operate? And then I'm going to see how much of my life I can actually tailor around that energy clock, because it doesn't matter necessarily what the time clock says. And by the way, uh, if you think of a time clock, it's every single time everywhere around the world all the time, right? So if it's three o'clock here, it's seven o'clock somewhere, it's midnight somewhere, it's four in the morning somewhere. Your brain doesn't know time, right? Similar, and Lindsay, similar to, uh uh-oh, it's noon, I have to eat lunch. Well, no, it's noon, but are you hungry? If you're not hungry, you don't need to listen to the clock tell you when to eat. You can listen to your body, and when I'm hungry, I'll go ahead and get something to eat, right? We use the clock for a lot of things that, in my opinion, are not good things to use the clock for. It's the wrong tool. So think almost as of your energy clock. And you can even draw a clock on a piece of paper. Right. And and think about if this is noon and three and six and nine, you know. Okay, so here during this time, I'm not really with it. I have no energy. My brain's not really functioning very well. These couple hours here. Oh, I could get everything done in those two hours for the day. Okay. In the evening, eh, I got a little lull or I want to relax. Well, maybe that's where I do my meditation or yoga, or maybe that's where I read or just chill or go for a walk or whatever, right? Or get on the computer and play a game or my phone, whatever. That's my chill time. And over here, boy, I shouldn't get re energized right before bed, but I do have a burst of energy. Take the word should out and go, at nine o'clock, I have a burst of energy while everyone else in my house is starting to wind down. That's Okay. So think about it as following your energy clock instead of the time clock, if your schedule allows that. Um, And and I would say, give that a shot. That is so powerful. And again, it's a give yourself permission to think differently than you think you should think, if that makes sense. No, So good.
0: Thank you. Okay. We're going to keep going with this because you're giving beautiful information. And then the next question pertains to this that like, okay, this was from a guest. And she said, I heard everything you were saying and I loved it in the moment. And then I get off and I almost don't remember what we even talked about. And I knew I wanted to even implement, but again, like I walked away going, that was good. But now we just go back to real life and I'm not even remembering, let alone implementing. What are your thoughts around how we like absorb and
1: self-help? So, so two things. So one, um, I commonly call it shelf help because we, we get something, we love it and then we put it on the shelf and we forget about it. And so it's shelf help instead of self-help the way to keep it off the shelf and keep it in your day-to-day life. couple of thoughts on that. Cause that's so common. We all do that. Uh, No matter how excited we get about something new, a new piece of information we get, we go, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then we step into our, our old life again. And it's just it's not part of that old life. And so part of it is anytime we're talking about thinking differently or behaving differently, what we're doing is altering familiar habits. And that doesn't happen fast. Right. Unless something major happens. So for example, you know, I could go to my doctor for years and the doctor could say, "Hey, you're in decent health, but you need to lose 50 pounds." And I go, "I know, I know." I go in another year. You, you hey, you need to lose a few pounds. You should eat a little better. Do what you can do. "I know, I know." But because I'm not having the consequences of my "I know, I'll try." <laughs> I know I should, but we don't do. We often aren't going to change those habits until, heaven forbid, we drop of a heart attack, and the doctor comes to visit us in the hospital and says, Are you ready now? And what is our answer typically at that point? Tell me what to do. And we're really compliant at that point. We're great, you know, behavior change masters at that point. But the idea is we don't want to have something traumatic have to happen for us to change. And so while that happens quickly when that happens because we have no choice, essentially. I want to make my choice instead of having someone else or another situation make my choice. And there are only really two ways to be able to do that. One of them is, and I'm going to go back to the calendar thing, and I'll give you a personal example. So right at the beginning of the pandemic, when everybody's on lockdown, right? And we're all like for a few weeks, we're all kind of sitting at our houses going, all right, so, so what are we supposed to do? Right. We was like, I don't know. One of the things I did, and it was out of the blue. I'm just like, I need to just do something. Like, let me learn something or do something. And I I downloaded an app called Duolingo. And Duolingo is one of the language, like learn a language app, a tiny bit a day, right? 10 minutes a day, you can learn a new language. And I have no idea why. I said, I'm gonna learn French. And I started doing Duolingo each day and I had an easy 15 minutes to sit down and do. And that was so simple because it was something to do when I didn't have a lot of other stuff to have to do or be able to do. As life started getting back to more normal, there was a lot more I needed to do. And I knew that the Duolingo thing was going to go by the wayside because I was going to start telling myself, you know what, I'll just skip it today. I'll do it again tomorrow. I'll get back to it. Or, you know what? I don't even have 15 minutes today. It's wall to wall. So I I don't have that time. And what I did is I went to my calendar, knowing that it was going to go away. It was, I was going to forget about it. It wasn't going to be in front of my face anymore. I set just a simple reminder on my Google calendar. And it was a daily reminder every day at like 8.30 a.m. And all it did was it popped up and said, ding. Do your Duolingo. And my rule for myself was, even if I wasn't able to do it right then, I put it at a time where it made sense where I probably had 15 minutes then, right? So I thought about my life and my schedule. That was going to be easy for me to do more often than not at that time. But my rule for myself was, if I could not do it at that time for some reason, I had something else, something else was, I was in the middle of it, something came up. I couldn't click it off for the day. I had to take it and move it somewhere. And so I just grabbed it and I'd move it down to a time when, oh, look, there's an hour here where I don't have something committed. I had to keep putting it on there. And I could not leave the day without clicking it off. Now, with that app, you could do like a three-minute lesson, literally. You didn't have to do your 15 minutes to get credit for the day because you had to go in and do a thing and check it off the list to keep your streak going. So if there were days I didn't have 15 minutes to do it truly or whatever, I was being lazy and I was like, nah, I'm going to convince myself I don't have 15 minutes. I knew I had three minutes. It was impossible not to do. Even if it was when I was laying in bed, I'm like, oh, I have to click that off. And I go and do one little tiny thing. And my streak continued, and to this day, I just got a notification. I'm I'm literally at like I've never missed a day, and it's like a thousand. I'm at a thousand and seventy two days, or something like that. Whatever it was from the the beginning of the pandemic when I started doing it. The reason I share that is because an easy way, again, get things on the calendar. You don't have to remember to do things. You don't have to put things into play. Let your little friend remind you and have your little assistant to be able to help bring that back into play and remind you, here's something you want to do and you're choosing to want to do it. There's that choose word again. I'm choosing to do it because it's gonna get me to something that I really want. It's gonna help me get closer to a goal. That makes it less of a burden, number one. And if it's a burden many days in a row, Change your goal. That might not be the goal you're going to want to get to right now. Because if you really don't want to do the things that help get you to the goal, at least occasionally, you're stop lying to yourself. That's not a goal that you care about right now. So take the goal and maybe move it. You know, let me revisit the goal in six months and see if I'm ready then or it makes more sense for me then. So sometimes we push that stuff on ourselves as well when we're not ready or we don't care enough about the goal. That's why we're not doing it. But to keep you daily in the game, use little reminders, whether you write it on your, on your calendar and have to check it off every day. You can't leave the day without checking it off. And the smaller you make it, the easier you make it to do, you make it almost impossible not to do. And so little things, little tiny things done consistently have a huge impact right? If you want to walk up the stairs, why are you thinking about jumping to the landing? You shouldn't be thinking about the landing. You have to step on the first step first. So what do you need to do to just go here? And then just what do you need to do to go here and here and here? That's how you get to the landing. You do not get to the landing without doing those little things consistently. So a couple of ways, again, to keep it front and center. And if you miss a day, Please do not get mad at yourself. Just my rule is don't miss more than two days in a row. So it's not about being perfect. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. If you want to develop new habits, do things consistently. That doesn't mean perfect. So keep that in mind, too.
0: So, I think inquiring minds are going to want to know you've been at this for a while, can you
1: speak French like can you where have you come with all of your small actions like it, it's so it's so funny i have a I have a colleague who is French, and occasionally she'll send me a LinkedIn message completely in French and make me respond to her in French or she'll comment on some of my posts in French, and I have to respond to her in French. I love it because that's another thing. Find somebody who whether it's a full accountability partner or a coach or someone like that, who will constantly help you bring those things into your day-to-day life. Find a friend or a colleague or someone that, Hey, you do this. Do me a favor as part of my accountability. Could you check in with me every once in a while and kind of hold my feet to the fire for a day or a moment or whatever. So I also have started going to half price books. I think that's a national chain. We've got some here, some other type of books. Um, But I'll go and I'll go into the foreign language section and I'll like get books that are like I just got the Invisible Man, right? H.G. Wells. So books that are books I may have read in English at some point. Um, I've gotten some Hercule Poirot, right? Agatha Christie's in French. And I'm making myself kind of read French books, too. And I'm noticing that I'm understanding more and more and more. And it's so exciting. It's fun. So you can put it into play and practice. I have a long way to go, but wow, have I learned a ton, which is pretty awesome. That is So so much so, and this is so dorky. If I get a new product and I open the instruction manual, I'll go to the French part to see how much (laughs) I can understand. Just like I can read that. I know what they're saying. Yay! (laughs) I still go back to English to make sure I'm not missing anything, but point is... (laughs) You can find that stuff all through your life. So find places where you can practice or bring that stuff into your life, even without thinking about having to do that too. Nice. Okay,
0: here's our final from Julie. She wants to know, there seems to be a story that we tell ourselves that we should always be like up, that we should always be joy filled or happy. And we're kind of like surrounded in this world of curated you know, everybody can show what they want to show out of their life. So it feels like everybody else is living in this up, happy, happy land. And what is um, like the perspective that, or like the picking yourself back up? What would, how would you approach that to be like, here's a different thought process around it all. And how we kind of come back out of that feeling of when we're not up, when we're having the down day.
1: Does that make sense? absolutely and wow so common and again i think if you're a human being you can relate to that because no matter how who you are as a personality or how you are emotionally in any way um wow please don't try and be constant <laughs> so there are two things one has to do with being present and actually being aware and honoring what's going on and making sure it's valid right so part of this is and and i'm going to use this word again i should be more upbeat i should be happier i should why why do you think that so two things one my guess is part of the reason that we like to think that is because there is so much marketing there is so much hey be a happier you hey take this pill so you feel happier hey do these things you'll feel happier about yourself right and and there are whole marketing campaigns to being happy right? And so we almost think of it as a chore. It's another thing I have to do. And if I'm not it, I've failed, right? What's wrong with me? And again, it always goes back to, I'm going to blame me. Everyone else seems to be happy and well-adjusted. Why can't I be? Now, of course, there's a component of that where if that becomes clinical in any way, Absolutely, there are resources to seek out for that. So So what we' what I'm talking about now isn't the clinical aspect because that's not I, I don't want to purport to to be somebody who has the knowledge to be able to, to help with that. So please find the resource or reach out to Lindsay or I. if there's some if there's somewhere you want to be pointed or aimed, we can certainly try and help with that. Absolutely. Um, but from from kind of your everyday standpoint, Um, being in the moment allows you to do something really important. Let's say I'm having a bad day and maybe I'm really stressed out. Okay. My, my first inclination is not going to be, why am I so stressed? I should be happier. This should be easier for me. Why am I letting this get to me? My first question I'm going to encourage you to ask instead is, Is there a valid reason I'm stressed right now? Because here's the thing. If I know there's a valid reason I'm stressed, maybe I was in the middle of something, a client just called and had an emergency. We just lost our biggest account. And now my boss is coming this afternoon to have a talk with our team. Is there a valid reason I'm stressed out right now? Yeah. So is my feeling in the moment valid Or am I telling myself a story that's creating that, right? If I'm sad, is there a valid reason I'm sad? Did something just happen? Oh my goodness, my friend's pet just passed away. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's going to bring you down. I hope you're not like, well, that's sad, but I'm having a happy day today. So, so sorry, right? You're allowed to feel what you feel when it's a valid feeling. If I'm angry about something and there's a valid reason I'm angry. So my point is, sit with your emotions. And if they're valid, please honor them. Please don't try and shift or change them in the moment. Allow yourself to be with them if they're valid. The key is, if they're valid, I can work through it and go, wow, Yes, I'm really stressed. These four things are going on. Okay. What can I do right now to start moving out of this? Or what can I do to move out of this emotion as opposed to trying to move into another emotion? Because sometimes I think we're like, oh, I should just be more happy about this or more excited. Well, let's actually work with the reality of what you're working with. Okay, and let's move out of that instead of just assuming I should be doing something else or feeling a different way, if that makes sense. If I'm not in the moment, if I'm not present and reminding myself, is this valid or not? I'm going to miss the opportunity to do that. And I'm automatically going to jump to, I should be being different than I am right now. And then I'm going to blame myself because what's wrong with me, everyone else can do it, right? Mm -hmm. So that's part of it is get in the moment and validate or invalidate the feeling, right? If I'm really angry about something and people are like, what's wrong? Why are you? I don't know. Stop for a moment. Give yourself a moment to go, what am I angry about? What's making me angry? What's going on? Can I figure out what's happening And it might be that I started thinking about something that happened a couple of weeks ago and I'm playing it in my head over and over and over again. And I'm creating that feeling when it has nothing to do with right now, right? So now I know where the feeling came from. Now I can work with that and go, you know what? What Did something trigger me to think about that again? Is it unresolved? And I'd like to revisit it and go, okay, is there something I need to do to take care of that? How do I move from the feeling into an action if I need to do that to move out of the feeling? So that's one thing. Got to be present to be able to do that. So is it valid? Not. If it's valid, awesome. You can work with it and it's normal. Do not say there's something wrong with you. Two, if it's not valid, you're storytelling. And if you're going to tell yourself a story, especially a false one, Write a better story would be my my suggestion. Right. If you're making stuff up in your head anyway, make up a much better story. <laughs> so that's one thing. Um, you know, the the other part of that is, and, and I'm gonna use an analogy. I don't know, I know I've I've used this, Lindsay, when we've talked before, and I don't know if I used it the last time we did a, a power coaching session, but if so, it's it's worth repeating. Um, you know, if if I had a hundred people in a room. And I took a picture of everybody, the entire group, and I printed that picture out and passed it around to everyone. Out of a hundred people, every single person would do exactly the same thing. Out of a hundred people, who would they look at? Themselves. Themselves. And what's the first, because 99 other people don't even exist, right? That's how self-focused and self-centered we are. We don't realize it, but we don't even notice 99 other people. Where am I? Where There I am. And what's my first thought usually? Do I look good or bad? <laughs> oh, yeah. And which is it usually in my own mind. Not what's so with my hair? Oh, I don't like that shirt. Why didn't anyone tell me that look, made me look like that? <laughs> Ugh, right? And we will find a hundred things we just do not like about us. But 99 other people don't even exist. But if we passed it around a second time and we all looked at everybody else, what would we say about literally everyone else?
2: They look decent. They They look look good.
1: What a nice picture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right? So when we talk about the stories we tell ourselves, a couple of things to keep in mind. Number one, we usually tell ourselves a bad story. Two, that bad story Is almost never true. It's a lie. It's a perception. It's a lie. Number three, you would never tell that same story to anybody else, even though they're all in their own heads telling themselves the same story. And when you think about that and you realize one, nobody's ever thinking about you what you're thinking about you, ever. They're all either in their own head trying to wonder, what's everyone thinking about me? And they're thinking all the bad things. They don't even know you walked into the room. Or should you believe 99 people or yourself when you know the story's probably not even true? So when we talk about the idea of you don't have to believe everything you think, When you start to realize that invalidate or invalidate, 99 people would tell me, oh, you look nice. It's a fine picture, right? Your eyes are open. You're smiling. Oh, my goodness. That's a great picture, right? And one person says, oh, I could see 10 things I hate. And that person's the most critical bully in your own head who never decides to say, oh, you look wonderful today. Who are you going to believe? So it comes back to part of this is when we story tell, all we're often doing is criticizing ourselves and we're saying the same things over and over and over and over again. Ask yourself, is that true? Or am I just being a bully to myself? Ask yourself, would anybody else say that to me? If the answer is no then you're probably wrong. And that's a great thing to be wrong about, right? So think about, are your thoughts even real? Because we do tell ourselves stories and we rarely tell ourselves good stories. Do you ever notice that? We rarely tell ourselves the success stories. When we start there and go, yes, this is going to be great. We almost immediately go, but... what if we don't have the time? What if we don't have the money? What if we don't have the energy? What if we can't do this? What if it crashes and burns? What if, what if, what if? Wow, we had something that was kind of cool that we could have latched onto and gone, okay, so what if it works? Well, then we could do this and then we could do that. We usually only go this way. We rarely go this way. So that's part of the storytelling dilemma. If you want to tell yourself the bad story, go for it. But then also tell yourself the what if good story. It'll help to balance it out a little bit. Because the answer is rarely on this end or this end. The answer is always in the middle. And if you're not giving yourself both sides of your story, you're you're not going to be in the middle. You're going to be hanging out at an extreme. And extremes are almost always wrong. So I hope that answered the question, Julie. Okay
0: definitely did i love today i feel like it was so diverse we kind of kind of hung in a similar topic and then went all around it so thank you for that and just anyone listening and watching today if you're going ah oh. I like that. I want to hear what she'd have to say about this. Or you just catch that moment where a question pops in your head and you're like, I don't think I'll ever make it to a live session. I would like my question answered. Um, Robin and I are both going to tell you really fast where to find us and where to shoot your messages. So for me, it's healthaccountabilitycoach.com. I have a contact me page and Robin, where would you like to be found?
1: Uh, You can always go to my website, RobinJSaxx.com. Lots of of free videos, free articles, lots of stuff to help you dig a little deeper into this. And of course, if you end up wanting to dig deeper, deeper and possibly work with a coach, you can connect with me on there too. I also am on LinkedIn uh, regularly. So feel free to follow me or connect if that makes sense. Um, And there you go.
0: Yes, and Rosemary and Jan, thank you so much for joining us today. I want to see all these Brady Bunch faces. This is (laughs) what we're fighting for. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody have amazing Fridays. Thank you for joining me today. If this topic served any purpose for you, or you can picture that exact person who needed this, I'm always honored when you share the episode. We are making 2023 the year that we are going to pour motivation and inspiration onto others. I also always appreciate it. When you leave a review on iTunes and rate the podcast, I send you off with all the praise and momentum you deserve for staying open-minded to new information, keeping an open mind to the idea that our journey will look different now, five years from now. Slow and steady, y'all. It's not always instant gratification and not always that exciting, but a much gentler and redeeming path that will serve you well throughout all the years and every season of life. Cheers to health and happiness.